Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, the only daily medical podcast. 15 minutes a day, seven days a week. If you like the show, tell all your friends, family, and colleagues. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms and leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. For sponsorship information, drop me an email at contact at kevinmd.com. And now, on to the show. From Kevin MD, I'm Dr. Kevin Poe, and this is the podcast by Kevin MD. Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, where we share the stories of the many who intersect with our healthcare system, but are rarely heard from. Here's your host, Dr. Kevin Poe. Hi, and welcome to the show where we share the stories of the many who intersect with our healthcare system but are rarely heard from. My name is Kevin Poe, founder and editor of Kevin MD. Today on the show, we have Sanjay Prasad. He is a surgeon and founder of Surgiquality. He wrote the Kevin MD article, The Bleak Reality of Racial Disparity in Surgical Care. Sanjay, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. So we'll get into your article in a little bit. But first off, can you share your story and journey to where you are today? Yeah, a practicing surgeon for 30 years, uh, you know, and uh, our family came to this country searching for a healthcare solution uh, for a, a problem in the family and grew up, be, uh, became a surgeon, helped tens of thousands of patients, and now want to help millions more connect to the right surgeon within their network when they need it. I'm always interested in asking physicians about what they do outside of clinical medicine. So t- tell me, how did you get involved with that space? Well, it, it started with uh, the surgery center that I started. Uh, we started bundling some of the costs associated with surgical cases, uh, episode of care. Um, and then we thought about it a little bit more and what was missing was quality. So we were missing surgeon outcomes, corroborated surgeon outcomes. So we added that to the mix and created this company, started in 2014, a group of surgeons uh, that have this idea. And, uh, you know, we, where we've come today is unbelievable. Uh, the pandemic was a big help in terms of pausing surgical care last year, uh, but it's a great time to reset healthcare as we see it today. Now, tell me about that dual role. So, uh, you know, working, of course, in a clinical setting and, of course, running a company. So tell me about how that affects your workflow and how do you manage those two roles? It's very difficult. No question. I mean, I've got a technology team in India. I get up at three in the morning, work with them uh, until it's time to go. I'll run off to the operating room in the morning. But it's so exciting. I'm so passionate about this. You know, uh, I come up with a new idea in the middle of the night. I'm up on my laptop. My wife is I'm driving her crazy. Uh, it, it, there's just so much, so much, so much passion involved. Um, even at my age of 60, I still feel like uh, there's so much more to do. Now, most physicians, they don't have that background in business. So what was your interest in business in terms of this running a company? And did you have any prior training before getting into it? No, I, you know, no prior training. I uh, you know, started my own private practice, uh, had that training, uh, started a surgery center, worked with a number of surgeons. Uh, and technology was new to me. So I was working with a tech team. And really, I was the CTO early on. So it was, uh, it was, it was great. It was a great learning experience. Uh, you know, as physicians, we're always striving to learn more. 
Now, as we reflect on both those roles and for those other physicians who are interested in potentially getting into that health tech space, what kind of advice can you give them? Well, I think it's really important to start to understand technology. Uh, and, and I thought I had a grasp, but I, I really don't. I mean, I didn't at the time. But, you know, how apps work, uh, work with, uh, you know, someone in the technology space so you can get up to speed with the cloud and HIPAA compliance. And, you know, if you if you want to do healthcare IT, uh, you know, you just need to educate yourself, surround yourself with some smart people uh, that will make you even smarter. And how did you find these people, find these resources or find any mentors to help you guide you through this? The idea really came through uh, helping patients connect to best surgeons. And uh, it just evolved over time. I hired a, a, a software developer. Um, he was outsourcing some of the stuff. And I said, hey, you know, I can do that. I, so I, I started talking to the guys in India. Next thing I know, I'm working every morning uh, at 3 a.m. and all weekends. And uh, it's so exciting to see the product uh, take shape. It's just uh, it's such an exciting time. All right. So let's talk more about that Kevin Emily article that you wrote. It's titled The Bleak Reality of Racial Disparity in Surgical Care. Now, for those who didn't get a chance to read that article, can you just walk my audience through it and share the story of why you decided to write it? Yeah. You know, about six months ago, um, we got interested in uh, racial disparities. Uh, I read an article by the Brigham and Women's Group, uh, Adel Hader uh, and and his team did a meta-analysis in 2013 looking at 88 articles uh, to the time, uh, reviewing racial disparities. And, uh, in, and we're talking specifically about surgery and surgical outcomes. And you know, much to my dismay, it was astonishing and jaw-dropping that the uh, surgical outcomes amongst Black patients across an array of uh, procedures compared to white patients was much poorer. Um, and in many studies, they controlled for extent of disease, they, extort, they controlled for comorbidities, socioeconomic status. Uh, you know, and, and what's astonishing to me is this article was written in 2013, yet no solution has been offered to date. And we think we've got some answers here. So go into more detail about those papers. What were some of the suggested reasons why Black patients had poor surgical outcomes? Some may be uh, bias, uh, you know, some might be discrimination and racial bias. I tend to think not, but I tend to think that the healthcare system uh, traps uh, patients. Uh, and what I mean by that? Well, um, an inner city black patient may in fact go see their local primary care doctor and they have the best intentions of sending you to the best surgeon, but they don't really know all the surgeons in the entire network. They don't know the best one for your condition, for your surgery. Uh, and so they're trapped. They're trapped in their local ecosystem, if you will. Uh, and we're trying to break that through using uh, a personalized concierge service and a medical record distribution platform uh, to get those patients connected to the best surgeon with the best possible outcomes, very specific to your condition, if that makes sense. So talk a little bit more about some of your suggested solutions to the issues you bring up. Well, the first thing is increased awareness. And uh, I think we as a medical community, especially the surgical community, um, with our specialty society meetings, we need to start having conversations about racial disparities across the array of procedures that are performed in our specialty. And I think we've got to publish studies and we've got to come up with uh, possible solutions or countermeasures 
to 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 uh, you know to alleviate some of these racial disparities. So awareness is number one. Two, you know, behavioral modification. Maybe you know, maybe black patients, Hispanic patients, Asian patients, maybe they just don't understand or comprehend uh, some of the volume of information we give them when they have a condition that needs surgery. So, you know, you can, they, they can have a family member there, they can record the session. There's all sorts of behavioral modifications that can certainly help. And thirdly, of course, you know, the personalized concierge service, uh, the record distribution platform where your records can, can flow through in a very uh, secure and safe manner, HIPAA compliant manner to multiple surgeons within your, you know, Blue Cross network or Cigna network, uh, and then get to those surgeons that indicate their area of interest, their focus, they validate necessity, they offer alternatives to treatment and put in their success measures and complication measures. And here, voila, you know, patients can then start to choose their surgeon. They're empowered with tools to make well-informed decisions. It just makes a ton of sense. So just to contrast, how are referrals being made now without a personalized concierge service? So if me as a primary care doctor, if I wanted to refer a patient to a surgeon, can you just generally describe how are things done now? Well, as you, as you well know, and I'm sure a lot of the listening audience knows, I mean, a lot of it's done by habit, right? So you have a referral sheet usually or referral nurse um, who has a list of orthopedic surgeons that they practice usually refers to. I think that's all nice and fine. That's a great start, but we can help primary care physicians tremendously because we can help connect them to the best surgeon uh, within the network, stay in the network, keep the deductibles low, um, and the best outcomes as well. How would that work uh, in a typical primary care workflow? A primary care doctor may see a patient, uh, the patient has a condition, refers the patient to a surgeon, surgeon does a few diagnostic studies and shows, uh, you know, rotator cuff injury, uh, and I think it needs to go back to the primary care doctor. Uh, and this is where we can really help because then they can work with a personalized concierge uh, that, that can help upload those records to the cloud, get the information back, the outcomes measures on the various surgeons. Let the primary care doctor also be the one that helps the patient navigate the healthcare maze, find the right surgeon, find the best possible outcomes. It's really eye-opening and enlightening uh, in terms of primary care. Do you have like a case study of, of a specific example where you would use some of these health technology tools to address some of the disparities that you're describing? Uh, the disparities. I think, you know, what we're going to do, and uh, this, was, this is our project, but when we send the records to the surgeons, we want to blind the case for race and ethnicity. Um, and I think that's going to be very important. Uh, but that alone will be the first step. The, the second step is really, uh, you know, getting the medical records in the hands of all the network of surgeons and, you know, having the healthcare system compete to take care of the patient. It's all about value-based care. And, you know, whether we like to hear it or not, value-based care is coming uh, very, very fast. And, you know, we as physicians and surgeons can, um, you know, be proactive and uh, develop and mold value-based care, or we can have the government tell us how to, how to do it. And I think the former is much more palatable to most. So the trends of our healthcare system, as you know, is that people like to keep referrals in-house, 
right? They want to keep it within that specific healthcare system. And sometimes that philosophy works against some of the things that that you're describing. So how do you reconcile those two extremes where a lot of larger and larger medical systems, they want to keep their referrals within that medical systems versus what you're describing where you want to match that patient with the best surgeon available, whether they work for that medical system or not? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be challenges, Kevin. It's never very easy when you have such a complex system. Yeah, there will be challenges, but but I can tell you that within even within a health system, you may have thirty or forty neurosurgeons uh, to pick from. I mean, how do you pick the right one for the pituitary tumor? You know, a pituitary tumor that's in the in the sphenoid sinus or in the cella and not supercellar. I mean, who's the right one to to operate on a supercellar extension of a pituitary tumor? I mean, th- those are those are details that. Oftentimes, primary care doctors just don't have that information. And so even if you keep them in the system, you know, it's important. We're talking to Sanjay Prasad. He's a surgeon and he's the founder of Surgical Quality. He wrote the Kevin MD article, The Bleak Reality of Racial Disparity in Surgical Care. Sanjay, give us a roadmap for the next year or two in terms of that mix between technology and matching a patient with the correct surgeon? Well, uh, you know, I think the future is we're just in, we're just kind of getting there. Uh, you know, this whole medical record distribution platform is something new. Uh, it's something to embrace. Uh, there will be patients who are technology uh, n- not adept as well, and we'll have to help them uh, all through that. Uh, but it's going to be challenging in, in, in various ways. And surgeons really should not be afraid of this at all. I mean, every surgeon is pretty proud of their outcomes. And, uh, you know, now instead of just using our relationships to primary care doctors to get patients, now we're putting our outcomes out there. And, you know, and it just makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I will say one more thing that may not be readily apparent, but what I'm advocating for is peer review of every surgical case before it's performed. That is a great, great help in terms of reducing malpractice risk uh, for surgeons, surgery centers, and hospitals. You know, uh, it just makes a ton of sense. And when you talk about the outcomes that are now available, what specifically is more available? Is it hospitalization rate, complication rate, mortality rate? What specific outcomes do you suggest be more transparent? well, let's talk colonoscopy, uh, a very common procedure. Uh, what what patients don't know is the adenoma detection rate, right? And uh, my gastroenterology colleagues know more about this than I do. I don't want to sound like an expert, but the ADR, the adenoma detection rate should be 20% or greater. That means 20% of the time or more, you should find an adenoma within your colonoscopic procedures. And if you don't, if your ADR is less than 20%, you're moving very quickly. You're not diligently looking at the mucosa. So even that simple ADR over 20%, that's a tremendous measure uh, for patients to look for in a, uh, you know, in a, a talented uh, gastroenterologist who's, who's diligently looking for adenomas. And my final question, what's your take-home message you want to leave with the Kevin MD audience? Well, look, value-based care is here. It's coming and uh, embrace it. Uh, you know, the, the young guys are, you know, very technology, um, you know, efficient and driven, 
and I don't think it's going to be an issue, but the older guys like me, we're just going to have to get there. Um, but value-based care is coming. Get your surgical outcomes together. Uh, know what cases you do most commonly. Um, know the success rates and complication measures and volumes. And please access that data, collate that data. Uh, that data is going to be gold for you in terms of getting future cases. So um, uh, it's time to, you know, time to do some homework. And how can people reach you? Uh, you can reach me at uh, info at surgiquality.com, uh, I-N-F-O, uh, surgiquality.com, uh, and happy to talk to you. I wrote a book on the subject, Resetting uh, Healthcare Post-COVID-19 Pandemic. It's available on resettinghealthcare.com. You can learn more about that there. Um, but, and if there any physician investors interested, we're, we're in the middle of a capital raise for our company in the middle of a Series A uh, please contact me. We're, we're very, would be very excited to, to have you aboard. Sanjay, thank you so much for sharing your time and insight. And thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Kevin. You're a wonderful program. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Thank you for listening to the podcast by Kevin MD. For more stories, please visit www.kevinmd.com.